guys i'd like to welcome everybody to saints live gaming where we do live podcasts in regards to nba 2k 20 men 20 and call of duty we're tuning in for another episode of 3md and i have the infamous the one and only i have coach <laughs> mike on the line with the miami heat coach mike how are you doing today i'm good saying how you doing man not too bad, man. Appreciate you coming on the show, man. Really appreciate that. Um, just, just to start off the show, you know, you got any, anything you want to say? Just opening up while you come on today. Yeah, definitely, man. You know, first of all, like Dennis said, shout out to Kobe Bean Bryant. You know, but uh, no, in all seriousness, uh, you know, shout out to you, Saint, uh, making this happen. It really takes you know our league to another level as far as immersion and just you know just setting it apart from other leagues out there, which is obviously something that we always, you know, keep at the forefront of our mind, any decision we make, we want to make it, you know, unique and different and fun for everybody and just, you know, really make it as close to, you know, a real full NBA experience as possible and doing these coach interviews and everything and just getting, you know, more insight into the, the coaches and everything is pretty cool. No, that's awesome, man. I appreciate you saying that. And, you know, just to let you know, you know, I, I truly enjoy this. It's it's a fun segment to do. Um, I really enjoy talking to the guys, bringing life to everybody, you know, because the biggest thing is, you know, hearing words and having that great interaction, you know, you, you get to see the personalities and know that, you know, every coach in the league isn't cardboard, you know, it's when you just read words and, you know, things get mis misconstrued, you know, and, and type and text. So, you know, I really, really appreciate everybody coming on and joining the show and, you know, keeping us alive and going, man. So we'll kind of jump in this real quick, you know, have a little <clears> fun, you know, um, we've been kind of theming on the off season. I feel like, you know, with the Miami heat, there's not much to talk about the off season. I mean, <laughs> everyone knew what was coming for two years, man. And, you know, the best thing I can get is, you know, your reaction the day you woke up um, day four or, or day two after you had that long meeting with Giannis <laughs> and he, you know, he let you know that, you know, he wanted to bring his talents to South Beach, man. Tell me how that feeling was. Man. I mean, it was just like a, it was like a, you know, a, a two season you know, long kind of build up to that because, you know, I, I think it was you that said, you know, that I called my shot, you know, bringing in Giannis. And, you know, I, I, I must admit, you know, I was pretty confident since we started this, this cycle in 2K20 that, you know, I'd be able to get Giannis somehow. Um, I wasn't, you know, I didn't know for sure, of course. I was confident. And even as we got closer, but when we got up to that, you know, like you said, day two, when he finally agreed, man, it, it was <laughs> my girl is so annoyed with me because I've just been working it in like every other sentence. Like, hey, you know, I got Giannis, <laughs> right? Like, I'm just <laughs> it was like you know, a real life thing. Like, man, I just I'm telling people at work like, yo, I got Giannis. Like, they don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm like telling customers like, yeah, yeah whatever. I got Giannis. You can't steal my joy. So uh, it was, I was nervous though. Not gonna lie. I was nervous for a while because, um, you know, anytime anyone was putting in offers throughout free agency, we noticed, you know, guys' interests were changing. Um, 
and uh, Giannis was kind of going back and forth with uh, you know me and staying with Milwaukee and uh, and going to Philly. And you know the irony is, you know I, I worked with Philly to to try to um, you know help him clear the cap and everything, just you know giving him advice like like I give to anybody, you know that asks. I'm always willing to help, but um, it it almost <laughs> the irony was like almost ruined my plan. It almost backfired on you. Yeah, now, yeah. Here, 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 here's – tell me about the, your thoughts. Do you think that if Milwaukee would have gave Giannis the respect of the career he had put forth to this point and just offered him the Supermax out the gate, didn't mess around, first offer to the table, do you think Giannis would have stayed in Milwaukee? Um, I mean, to be honest, I, I don't think – you know, e- even uh, I mean, even with all that money, you know, and it is a significant difference coming, you know, with the with the bird rights and everything, the the extra extra year, extra percentages, it's a lot of money. But for a guy like Giannis, you know, I think it was more about you know winning, and the Heat culture has always been, you know, one thing, and it's always been about winning and working hard, and Giannis is always fit that mold. And I think, you know, with his, you know, his buddy Bam and Jimmy Butler, like he had a great example of, you know, what the heat culture was, how it was represented here and everything. And I think Milwaukee, it was just an unfortunate, you know, situation that they weren't able to be on the playoffs last season. And that really made a difference. Um, So I feel like if Milwaukee was in a winning situation, um, you know, and it's obviously not the current user's fault, um, you know, if they were in a winning situation, that money probably would have made the difference. You know, possibly he would have stayed. But um, you know, I mean, I I can't lie. I'm I'm thrilled that he ended up choosing Miami. Okay, no, I'm 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 happy for you. You know, and you know, uh, getting getting you on. You know, we definitely wanted to get you on before the season started, but you know, we're we're a few games in. Tell me how Giannis is adapting on the court with Bam. And Jimmy, and, and what do you what do you expect out of the the Heat, and what you can put forth this year? Well, um, you know, with, with everything I had going on during the off season, you know, with progressions and, and doing all those kinds of things and stuff, um, you know, I didn't get a lot of chance until just the day before. I played the first game to get some scrimmages in, just to kind of get a feel of you know changes I was going to make to my playbook, because uh, obviously he's a you know a, a extremely dynamic. Uh, difference maker for lack of, you know, more words describing him. Um, you know, you really got to change the the way I was attacking on the offensive end now that having a guy like Giannis without sacrificing what I do with a guy like Bam, who was the MVP last season. You don't want to take away too much from him and, you know, an emerging, you know, emerging star and Tyler Hero. Um, you know, a guy like Casey Akpalo just kind of fills in all the all the holes, you know, trying to figure out how to make it all work and, and keep Giannis producing at a, at, you know, at MVP level. So um, got a little bit of working with the, the scrimmages. Just kind of got a feel. Um, and then I played the one game against New Orleans. Um, and I, from the start, I'm like, man, I'm going to lose by, by 15. Because it, 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 you know, other people will hear this and say like, oh, poor, poor Mike, he's got Giannis. Oh, it's so hard. Like, oh, boo-hoo. Like, I mean, yeah, obviously he makes the game easier, but at the same time, you know, everybody knows I'm a sim player. I'm not just going to sprint up and down, hold turbo and just try to dunk on everybody over and over and over. You know, I want to play a sim brand of basketball. 
and it, it's it's an adjustment. It's going to be an adjustment. Um, but Giannis and Bam, I mean, they came out with double, triple doubles first game. You know, Jimmy did his thing, filling up the box score. Tyler Hero had a had a rough go getting free, just getting open looks. But when he did get open looks against Jalen Green, uh, he was able to knock him down. And you know, Giannis put up a monster game. Bam put up a monster game. And but it was it was tough. That first half um, was definitely opened my eyes to like, man, this is this is gonna uh, require a little bit more work than I thought. Okay. No, I appreciate that insight. You know, everyone's excited about the Miami Heat. You know, you participated in the Eastern Conference Final last year, um, had a heartbreaker to Philly where a lot of people did expect you to upset Philly, um, who eventually went on and won the championship. So, you know, big things for Miami. We know it's going to be some growing pains. We'll be watching that and checking it out and, you know, see, see, see where it goes. Um, another thing I wanted to lead into um, a little bit off, you know, the topic of the team, you know, the team is solid, but kind of getting into, you know, the mind that is Mike and, you know, kind of what drives you, you know, um, we, we understand you put a lot into the league. We, the entire league appreciates what you put in. You know, I kind of want to hear from your perspective, what drives Mike to want to be the roster creator and, and builder and developer that he has become? Man, um, one thing I do want to say first before I jump into into that, um, you know, you mentioned Philly, and I do want to say just in case we don't get back into it, um, okay, you know, everybody's making a lot of you know putting a lot of attention on Miami and everything, and a lot of attention, rightfully so, on Atlanta for what they did getting Jokic uh, finally out of Denver, and Jokic, huh? Said Jokic and Paul. And then getting Paul George, yeah, too. So, um, but one thing I want to say is, you know, Philly Philly is one of the two guys in the league that I really, really struggle to play well against. And I gave him my best shot last season with the roster I had then. Um, And even the game that I won, I lost two to one, I won game one. Um, even the game I won wasn't a confident win because he, I had him down by 20 at one point, I think, and he came right back in the game and had a chance to win at the end. Um, so what I, what I'm saying is, you know, when I got Giannis, it's about, you know, everybody else making moves to chase me. I'm, I got Giannis to chase Philly. So, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's the, the barometer I'm shooting for. Um, and until I beat Philly, like, they're really the way people are talking about Miami. That shouldn't be the case until I beat Philly. You know, and I, I respect that coach Mike. And, you know, I totally get that, you know, um, Jordan struggled in the eighties, man. It took him three times before he was able to finally put the Pistons on their back, you know? So I totally understand trying to get that monkey off your back and, and, and really driving towards Philly, you know, and not to want to say, you know, oh, Philly got old, you know, because the bad boy Pistons definitely got old and Jordan got mm-hmm. over that. But to kind of point out, you know, a lot of people, I don't think they are 100% discounting Philly. I just feel like a lot of people look at the moves that Philly made and they don't feel like Philly got better. They do feel like Philly got worse. So the, the biggest thing with them is, is you know, I, I, I don't think the league wants to discount Philly. I just think that mm-hmm. Philly 
Um, like I say, I think they're aging. I think they're getting older. I don't think the roster is as talented. And I think it's going to come down to, you know, uh, Joel Embiid, who's mm-hmm. going to be hit and miss. Because Ben Simmons, as great as he is, if the man never develops a jump shot, the, never, the man can never be great, right? Yeah. So um, that's just kind of where I think I, a lot of people I've talked to see it that way. But I definitely respect that you're chasing Philly, and hopefully this can be the year for you. Yeah, no, definitely. I wouldn't say that they're getting old. I think that Philly has has peaked. I think Joel Embiid is, you know, at his peak. I think Ben Simmons pretty much is what he is. He's still a dominant force, even without a jump shot. Um, you know, Jay Rich uh, got paid this summer and he is what he is. And he's a dynamic uh, talent for them. Um, you know, but they took their shot. They, they they moved Tobias Harris and Kevin Love for, you know, not only to get out of a tax situation, but to end up with cap space and took a shot at Giannis. Um, had it have worked, you know, that that's a, probably a more unbeatable roster than some would say I have. Um, but... <laughs> But yeah, but I mean, he's still right there, man. I mean, Tobias Harris, you know, wasn't uh, Tobias Harris wasn't the reason that they were winning games last season. Kevin Love, you know, same thing. Um, so I don't think he lost too much. He filled the holes pretty well with some uh, with some young players, um, some new players, and um, you know, he's going to be right there. So one thing I do want to say though, I think it was Dennis that said uh, in the the Dennis Gang podcast that Philly's got more shooting than me. I mean, that's – I don't know about that, man. I mean, I got the greatest shooter in the world, Duncan Robinson. So as long as I got him, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's that's 23s a game right there, and everybody else just shoot a couple more. So I love it. I love it, you know. And that's definitely – you know, like I say, I, I, I definitely um, have a lot of respect for the team building um, that I've watched take place in Miami. Um, you know, myself being able to run the Memphis Grizzlies with a little help from you and some other influences I feel has helped me learn and develop a roster that I feel can be very, or that can be extremely competitive in the West. Mm -hmm. Um, So the rest that comes uh, with watching, you know, the master Miami put together a roster that can just play with the best of them. It's been truly fun to watch. So we really appreciate that, Mike. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we appreciate all the help that you give us as we, try to continue to develop our rosters as well. Thank you, man. But yeah, so I'll, let me get into the, the, the great question you asked before, you know, as far as what, you know, drives me and everything. Um, you know, I, I mean, I could I could talk at length about this, you know, stuff. Obviously, it's a passion to me. I try to keep it as, uh, you know, as concise as possible. But essentially, I mean, you know, I've been, I've been editing rosters since as long as I can remember. Um, anytime I'd get a game, you know, when I was a kid back, I mean, we're talking, you know, uh, NBA courtside with Kobe Bryant on the N64 or, you know, NBA shootout back on the on the the on the PlayStation. Um, any of the games that when they first started to have the ability to change anything about the roster, like you could change jersey numbers or positions or accessories, you know, things like that. Um, I, I before I'd even play the game. I would open up the roster screen and see, like, you know, if everybody was in the right place. If you know, because back then, I, you know, we didn't have roster updates from the developer. So, you know, I think the Dreamcast was the first time you ever had roster updates, and it was like one a season. So, you know, yeah. what you got at you know the day the game shipped, that's what you had. 
So I would, you know, go into my dad's, uh, you know, computer and everything, go on NBA.com, follow all the transactions, um, you know, and just try to make everything as up to date as possible. And I just, I'd memorize everybody in the league, you know, all 15 guys on every team. And, uh, you know, it was always my thing. And, um, you know, as I've gotten older, obviously the games have advanced and there's more things you can do. Um, and I've never really been, you know, there, there's in the last few years, uh, you know, people have tried to promote themselves as roster makers and things like that. <clears throat> it's never really been me. I, I really just don't care for like the, um, the self-promotion, the, you know, ass kissing kind of thing that I see others, you know, try to do like to get views or likes or things like that. And then just some of the criticisms that come with it too, because like people will sit there who don't know what they're talking about and say, Oh, well, this person's 83. He's at least the 84, like stuff like that. I'm just like, man, I don't want to deal with that. Like, yeah, you know, everyone's got their opinion. It's a very subjective, subjective thing, but at the same time, it's, it's annoying. You know, nobody wants to deal with that. So you know, I'd make it for myself, for my friends, and, and, you know, I'd have a roster every year to just enjoy offline, basically. And, you know, as my, my league got bigger with 2K, you know, I mean, just the depth that you can go into, um, you know, just it was fun for myself. And so what happened was uh, when I met Cavs, um, I was just, you know, I was just looking for a league to play, and it wasn't about my roster. I was looking for a league, and, you know, it seemed like a cool group of guys. You know, it was Cavs, Jump, and a few other guys that, uh, aren't even here anymore. And then a few of the OG guys, uh, you know, like Watson and guys like that, um, you know, it just seemed like a, like a cool league. And, you know, me and Cavs got to talking. I let them, you know, check out my rosters and stuff, like, because we were talking about, like, oh, should we do default rosters? Should we do, uh, you know, custom rosters, whatever? And I said, hey, you know, I, I, I kind of dabble in this stuff, whatever, whatever. And so he checked it out. He liked it. The other guys liked it. So, we're like, okay, so I'll, you know, I'll edit the roster so that, the, you know, the game has a better feel. Because that's my thing with, with rosters is it's not just about making sure things are as accurate as possible, but I want to make the gameplay better. So, and 2K gives you the ability to do that with the tendencies and, you know, the badges and everything. Like, there's ways to improve the game before you even touch the sliders. So, you know... That, that you know, started to take off a bit. You know, everybody started to give positive feedback and stuff. And then, you know, we just – we went from there. But for me, it's it's always been about fun. And, and what I get out of it now is, um you know, I I, I, I appreciate, you know, all the the praise and, and uh, you know, respect and um, just the, the love that everybody gives me for, for stuff that I work hard on. And, you know, it's, it's – Obviously, a lot of time goes into it, but, you know, I'm just so appreciative to the guys that, you know, um, enjoy it. And, you know, that that's what it's about for me. It's just it's, it's fun. No, that's awesome, man. I, I I can definitely say I can speak on behalf of the league in, in, in stating that we truly do appreciate everything you've done with the rosters. Um, it brings a uniqueness um, to this 2K20 league um, that is and honestly, we feel unmatched and out there. I mean, there's no better, there's no better feel. You know, you have people who will put the work in in the beginning, but they won't continue that it's work not, through the season. So, 
the fact the fact that you do, you know, my hat's off to you on that, and we really appreciate that. Um, I'd like to also kind of just, you know, see, um, I, I, you know, just want to kind of ask you, put you on the spot. I'm gonna throw you in the hot seat. You know, I like to I like to do this. You know, throw everybody in the hot seat. You know, Mike. A lot of people respect you, man. A lot of people look up to you, man. So you know, it's kind of you know what Mike says. You know, it resonates to home. So I kind of want to just go quick, fast. We're going to kind of fire this off top of our <laughs> head, man. The top five users oh, in each man. conference. In, in each, top so five users in, in each what? In, in, each, in each conference. Or, uh, yeah, in each conference. So we're going to start with the East because you're in the East. And you know, you're, you're more well-versed with them, you know, seeing them day in, day out, you know, fighting for that Eastern Conference Championship, you know. At number five, who do you feel is the fifth best user in the Eastern Conference? It's going to be hard without looking at a list, man. Um, you know? Let's see. And this is what makes it great yeah. off top of your head because you may leave someone yeah, out. That's okay. That's okay. Let's get that both, both yeah. performance here, bro. Um, I don't know if I go backwards. Let me, let me, go, let me go one to five because I don't know if I can. Okay, let's yeah. go one to five. Who do you think is the number one team? In the East. Now we're talking just just pure user or like the it's a combination of it all, right? The user along with the roster. You know, you you can highlight how you feel why oh, you put so them for, where you for put this them. season. But it could be for this season, right? Season three. Let's go. Okay, season three. Number one, um, I'm gonna go in the east, I'm gonna go uh wheeling with Atlanta. Um and the okay, reason okay. for that is um, you know, Wheeling has always been a, a very talented, you know, user from a stick skill standpoint. Um, his the biggest thing against him has always been his ability to get all his games in. Um, you know, he always has a strong regular season record. Um, I have had a lot of success against him uh, in the playoffs. We have a long history, um, but he's an extremely difficult uh, user to match up with and he's always had a weaker team too and this is the first season okay. where he's had a extremely talented roster and it's not deep but one two three at the top is, is arguably as good if not better than anybody else's top three so you know Jokic, paul okay. george trey young they're all they're all pretty much at 90 uh, i think off the top of my head i think Jokic is 91 I think Trey is 88 or 89 and Paul George is 89. So, you know, there's a, there's yeah. a drop off from there, but I mean, you're always going to have one or two of them on the floor and all three of them are, are extremely dynamic talents uh, that can create their own shot and create for others. So it, it, it's going to be difficult. And if you give him room, he's going to green in your face and you're going to be pissed and then he's going to flop at the other end. But, um, you know, he's, he's definitely tough. Uh, number two, I would put Philly. Um, I okay. really would want to put him number one because he's the champ and he deserves it. But, um, you know, I, I think like we said before, you know, he did take a step back as far as, um, you know, taking a shot at the free agents didn't work out, but the, the main core of guys are there still. Um, he's a, he's an excellent user. And, and he's actually, if we did another category of most improved users, since like day one, Philly's been there since since I think either season one or two uh, last year. And from where he started to where okay. he is now, 
Um, I mean, he's, he's gone from, he used to just basically just spin, spin out the post, spin out the post, drop step, spin out the post, you know? And so now to see where he is now, it's almost like a completely different person because he, he plays the game. Um, you see him making adjustments on the fly. You see, he's like a cerebral player now. So the matchups with him, uh, whether in the playoffs or regular season, are a lot of fun because I'll do something, you know, great for, for six minutes. He'll take it away and he'll do something great and I'll take it away. And we just go and without even getting into the menus, you know, changing settings or things like that, like just on the fly, like you'll see the get the matchups with me and him just, you know, dynamically change every, you know, six to eight minutes throughout the game. So, um, so definitely him. Number two. Um, let's see. Okay. Number three. Uh, trying to remember number three. I mean, I don't think anyone would take me seriously if I didn't just put myself at three because, you know, I, I obviously have a lot of confidence in, in my, uh, in my skills as a user. I think more so, um, my ability is, uh, not so much my stick skills, but just my understanding of the game of basketball and, uh, my ability to kind of see things. Um, cause not only have I played the game my whole life, but I've, I've coached for the last, you know, 10, 12 years. So even on 2k, you know, I'm looking at it from a coaching, uh, kind of level. And there's other guys in the league too, that, that are coaches too. And you see it with them too. Um, so it's fun to play against those guys, but definitely, um, you know, I got to put myself up there and obviously, you know, I got, I got the horses now I got Bam you know, who's, you know, MVP last year and now just is even better at age 24. You know, obviously Giannis, the most, probably the most dominant player of this generation, um, just from a pure dominant standpoint. And then, you know, Hero and, and uh, Jimmy Butler still playing well at age 32. Um, you know, so I got, if I wasn't there, I, you know, I'd be, I'd be doing a disservice to, to my roster. Um, number four. This is where it gets in. Um, because let me think, let me think. Man. If I eyes has still got to be up there because eyes is an extremely talented user. Um, his roster. I don't it is debatable whether he got better or whether he got worse after the drum and trade. Um because he, he did get he did get better from a scoring standpoint, bringing in Jalen Brown, uh Boyan Bogdanovich for Drummond. However, you know, he also let he let Kennard go. He loses that impact rebounding from Drummond. Um but I would I'd still put him right there because he He's one of those guys too that that transitioned really well from playing a lot of my player, you know, pro and all that crap to to playing sim basketball, and he really, you know, turned himself into a a very good sim basketball player. Um, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and put him at four. Uh, okay, very nice. And now lucky number, number five. five. Number five. Um, let me see. Let me see. Uh, I'm not going to cheat. I'm not going to look at the list. Um, damn. 
trying to think who else. Uh, there's no wrong answer. Yeah. Just throw it out there. Let's see, let's see. I'm trying to think. You know what? <clears throat> I'm going to piss a lot of people off. I'm going to say Cavs. Because yeah. <laughs> you know what, though? <laughs> the thing is, is Cavs, Cavs has been doing the, the, the Muhammad Ali, you know, rope-a-dope thing for like, for like two seasons now. He... Even because people like to give him a lot of crap about the Philly team last year and everything. The fact of the matter is, in season one, the finals matchup was me versus him. And he didn't have a superstar Philly team. It was still Embiid. You know, he had Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons. But it wasn't this, like, OP team that Philly became last cycle. Um, Cavs is another guy that, that makes very good adjustments. Um, you know, on the fly. Uh, but one thing he does do, and I see him doing it more this cycle, is he forces some bad shots. Um, but, and I also think that now he's been stuck with a bad team for a while. And, you know, I think both he and others have forgot that he's actually still very good. Um, I think that as he gets more comfortable with Kyrie, um, Kyrie is, is, a, is a devastating offensive weapon and the fact of the matter is that since Cavs got Kyrie last season he didn't lose a regular season game so I know I'm forgetting two guys I, I, I forgot about you know Fee in Toronto um, but that would that would be my five I know right, I missed guys right. I, I like apologize. it I like it like it's, I said you, you see it's all yeah. top of the head you know we apologize for later but you know right now like i really appreciate you uh doing this we're gonna stay in this hot seat we're gonna jump to the western conference and see how you feel about the top five users um, over there number one Shoot. it's it's gotta be jump uh in sacramento um he just you know he he has a level of stick skills that just i mean are hard to compete with um you know, he it's a running joke that he uses a modded controller. You know, I know he doesn't, but um you know, he plays he plays at such a, a pace too that makes it difficult to um to make any mistakes and still have a chance to win. Um and when I say pace, you know, some guys kinda of get that confused with like, oh well I play with pace, I, I run up and down and I hold turbo. Like, nah, it, it's it paces literally just getting more shots, you know, within the course of the game, giving yourself more opportunities to score. And the thing is, is jump will come down, jump, you know, calls plays and everything, but jump will come down. If he recognizes here's an opportunity, um, they have not stopped ball. Okay. I'll just pull this three. Like it's an open shot. It's a good shot. It doesn't matter that it came with 21 seconds or, you know, five seconds left in the clock. It's a good shot. And I think a lot of guys in the league struggle with capitalizing on, opportunities to score you know i made a post about it uh the other day talking about you know offense running all great plays and everything that you just sit there and don't shoot the ball when you should have so jump if you give him space he's going to shoot and he's probably going to green it so when i beat him last year in the in the in the regular season i beat him pretty good i had a lot of things go my way but the thing with me was like i'm just gonna i'm gonna play so hard on defense to contest every look he gets, 
I don't care what I do on offense. Hopefully I create enough turnovers that it creates easy, easy offense for me. And that's what happened. Um, that's, that's, you know, pretty much the only way that you can beat him is if you create turnovers and get some easy offense. Cause he's also an extremely good defender. Uh, number two, okay. number two, um, definitely, definitely D flower. Um, and, He's another guy like Wheeling that just needs to play his games. Um, you know, we shouldn't be talking about, uh, you know, the game back penalty in the matrix with him. You know, just play his games. He's going to be right at the top. Um, he's another guy that has come an extremely long way from where he first started. Uh, the days of his uh, roster in o- was, was he OKC or Golden State? He was OKC, right? Yeah. Um, I think, um, I think it was so. OKC, but uh, when he had Jalen Hands as a point guard, um, you know, running running around, you know, just trying to trigger a contact dunk every play, um, you know, and I think I think he got kind of an unfair uh, shake going into the early parts of of this year's cycle because of his reputation. Um, I think he made um, great strides as far as. Uh, his style of basketball and he's at a point now where he's another guy like Philly that I mean you you see it he looks to exploit uh, mismatches and opponent mistakes and, and that's that's what basketball is about um, he does a great job defensively he does he does get a little over um, over aggressive on the ball um, same thing like eyes eyes has this problem too um, a lot of guys played really, really hard on the ball, press up hard, and it sometimes creates, um, you know, space in the mid-range game, things like that. But um, he's very aggressive on defense. He, he's quick to react. Um, he's become a very good shooter. He didn't used to shoot threes, and now he does, and he shoots them really well. So he's definitely a tough matchup. Uh, number three, um, number three, I'm going to go, Jazzy's going to be mad at me, but um, – I'm going to put Dennis at number three. Um, he's fresh in my mind because we just had a great game last night. Um, and uh, like I said before, it was a game that I felt like, man, this I'm, I'm definitely going to lose this by about 10. Um, I was fortunate to win because I was able to create turnovers, uh, create easy offense. I won by seven. But Dennis is another guy that's come a long way. He used to just hold turbo and shoot threes. Uh, every you know every rebound or steal just an immediate full court pass and then jack up a three or just sprint to the hole and he's become he still plays with pace but he's become a much smarter basketball player um, and he's an extremely difficult opponent now um, if I was lucky that he was missing some shots uh, that probably should have went um, if if Dennis ever gets uh, some more elite shooters on that roster um, I think that that'll push him into that that upper echelon of uh, like favorite contenders. Um, he is right there even without it. But, um, you know, that roster is tough with Zion and Ingram. Jalen Green is a rookie. Uh, Lonzo's defense, you know, still got Whiteside, who's still a big body that can block shots and rebound. Um, you know, so he's an extremely difficult opponent. Uh, number four, I'm going to go Jazzy. Um, Jazzy is a guy that, uh, you know, he's been around since day one, too. Um, always been a very smart basketball player. He knows the game very well. Um, 
gets the most out of his playbook. Um, you know, has a, always had a dynamic talent in Donovan Mitchell that can go off for, for 40 or 50 in a given game. Um, really knows how to use him well, knows how to use his role players well. Um, just a guy that, that, you know, gets the most out of what he has. Um, and he, he, um, he's always a, been a tough opponent for me in the playoffs. We had a lot of battles, uh, when I was the Warriors and last year's cycle, um, that was pretty much like that started like the, I guess kind of the feel of like what our playoffs were in three and D. Cause like we had so many good, um, uh, playoff matchups early on that really just set a tone for our league and me and Jazzy were, were a lot of them. So he's definitely number four for me. Um, and number five. Okay. Hmm. Number five. I'm going to put a uh, phenom number five. I'm sure I'm forgetting someone and no disrespect to phenom, but because Phenom is another guy, excellent basketball mind, uh, gets the most out of out of his playbook and his players. Um, he, Phenom last year, playing against Jump, or last last season this this year, but last season, um, his matchup against Jump I thought was one of the more interesting matchups that we've seen, and I wanted a lot of guys just to, to kind of kind of see it he ended up losing but at the time it looked like he was going to put jump away and it's because he just plays with such a patience you can't rush him you can't get him out of what he wants to do if what he wants to do isn't working then he loses you know so what if it works great but you'll never see him excuse me you'll never see him uh you know get out of his element or change his pace um just a very efficient user uh, he's got an excellent roster. He's still got Damian Lillard, still got Blake Griffin. And now he's got a lot of young guys coming up out of nowhere that, you know, uh, on that Portland team uh, that are going to make him a very, uh, very difficult matchup for anybody in the playoffs. So that's uh, that's my five, man. I know I forgot okay. people. I could I could do that yeah. for all 30 users, man. Yeah. I could, I could uh, you know, everybody is, is – uh, you know, improved and um, anybody that, you know, struggles, they always, you know, look to improve, ask for advice, take feedback very well. So, you know, definitely a good place. No, definitely. And like I said, definitely appreciate you throwing it out there. Um, you know, we I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, we're getting near the end of this segment. Um, the last thing I kind of just want to throw out there, I appreciate you jumping out, giving me your top five in each conference. Um, I kind of just want to leave it on a kind of a high note, Eastern Conference, Western Conference, one team each. Um, who are the two up and coming teams that you're excited to watch play um, this upcoming um, season? In the East, it's 100% Chicago. Um, and the reason for that, two reasons. One, the roster, I think a lot of people would agree with that, that from a roster standpoint, um, that young talent in Chicago has, has uh, come up quickly. Well, I don't know, quickly you call it, but like, you know, it, it's arrived. You know, Wendell Carter Jr. has fucked around and became, you know, an, an, a very good center in the NBA. Um, you know, Cade Cunningham, number one pick this year. Anthony Bennett, uh, Anthony Bennett, <laughs> Anthony Edwards, 
<laughs> Anthony Edwards number one <laughs> pick last year. Um, that backcourt set obviously for you know over a decade, um, and they made a, a good move with you, um, getting Levine out of there, kind of clearing that uh, that space for Cunningham and, and Edwards to grow. Um, it's a great pickup for you, um, and uh, you know for Chicago bringing in a guy like Brandon uh, Brandon Clark. Um, at the time, weren't sure if they were going to keep Laurie Markkinen, but ended up doing it. I think Laurie Markkinen is is a great guy uh, off the bench, just instant offense. You know, a guy that doesn't get credit for his overall skill set, his ability to handle the ball, things like that. Um, there's a lot of talent, a lot of talent. And Benny, the user, a uh, guy that's kind of flown under the radar because he came in um, after we started last season, um, new to not really new to the game. Like he, um, he knows how to play, but, you know, adjusting his style, uh, learning how to play in this league. Um, but he's a smart guy. He's, he's, you know, open to feedback. Um, Sean, Sean is actually the guy that brought him in. Um, and, uh, you know, he's a guy that, you know, has a great attitude and willing to improve. And I think he, he lost some close games last year. I think he ended up winning like nine games, but um, I expect him to improve dramatically. Um, I don't know if he's got, I don't, I think he's played, okay. I think he's about to play like his first game uh, today. Um, I don't know if he's played one already, but um, I sh- you should see him improve a lot. Okay. For the West, um, for the West, I would definitely say uh, Minnesota will be interesting to watch just because I know Loso as a user. Um, I've known him for, for a couple years now. Uh, me and him used to play in another league together. Um, he's a very good 2K player. Um, the Minnesota roster has been sitting stagnant for for a while just because we can't get a consistent user in there. But, you know, they still got Carl Anthony Towns. They got uh, D'Angelo Russell. And they got some they got some young guys that will fill in nicely. So he'll be interesting to watch. But I would say kind of 1A, 1B. Uh, with the Memphis Grizzlies, because now it's another team. It's pretty much the same story as Chicago. That talent that's arrived, ready to go. It's loaded. Um, not a lot of weaknesses on the team. And then you know, user and yourself that um, you know again has, has come a long way. Used to used to play too fast, out of control, and now you've kind of harnessed that into still playing with pace, but. Now you see the game, the game's kind of slowed down, you know, that whole cliche kind of thing. But um, I would I would definitely say, uh, you know, Memphis is a team to watch in the West. Okay, no, thank you. Well, I appreciate it, Coach Mike. I really enjoyed you on the show. Definitely got to have you back soon. Um, so, no, definitely. Um, well, we're going to get up out of here. Do you have any? Uh, yeah, again, you know, thanks to you, Saint. Like I said, this is this is great for our league. I hope more guys get involved. Um, it humanizes all of us because it's like, you know, we're all real cats out here that in different parts of the country, in different parts of the globe, like with Watson and uh, and with Coach Mack. Um, you know, it's cool that we're all connected like this. It's, it's cool that, you know, even all the fights that have gone down and stuff and disagreements like, you know, most of those guys are still here. You know, we've gotten over it, moved on. It's like we're almost like this little family. You know what I mean? Like, it's real cool. And, and the more we do to grow this league, um, it is, uh, it's just awesome to see 
you know, obviously, you know, I, I, you know, everybody knows I put a lot of work into it, but it's, it's extremely rewarding to see um, everybody get so much out of it and, and, and put so much into it like yourself with these podcasts, um, you know, even little things like, you know, guys doing mock drafts, you know, things like that, like seeing other guys that aren't obligated to do anything for the league because they're not a commissioner or whatever, whatever, still want to put in something to the league because they care about it. So I just think it's awesome, man. Some more things like this, it's, it's just real cool to see. Very, very proud for me. Um, very proud of this league and where it's at and everything. And I'm just thankful to everybody that's that's made it so, so much fun for all of us. All right. Well, thank you so much, Coach Mike. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to another um, live episode of Saints Live Gaming. Um, and we'll be back later on with some more guests, man. Have a good one, Mike. All right, Thank, you. Thank you so much.